Welcome to the Equipping You podcast, where our mission is to equip Alliance pastors and leaders to live spiritually healthy lives and lead healthy churches. Equipping You is a ministry of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org. Hey, 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 welcome back to Equipping You podcast, the number one podcast in church ministries of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. This is season six, episode six, and we're coming to you again today for one of the last times, not the last time, but one of the last times from Colorado Springs, Colorado, home of the Colorado Springs Switchbacks, the local soccer team in the USL, whatever that stands for. I couldn't find you out. Not me. And uh, News to soccer me. is that sport where they run up and down the field for no apparent reason. Oh, don't tell a soccer player that. They will not Says the baseball well. fan. Yeah, <laughs> says yes. the baseball <laughs> fan. So just thought I'd throw that in. Mm-hmm. I'm Terry. Just lost a third of our listeners. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm Terry, and I'm the church ministries leader for the Alliance, and uh, we'll never be the commissioner of a soccer league. Amen to that. Um, You probably won't be the commissioner of a baseball league, though, either. Well, that's probably true. Yeah. Uh, So I'm Alan, uh, Director of Multiplication, Eastern PA District. And I'm Caitlin Kuyperson, producer. Yes, indeed. Always glad to have uh, you by our side. And uh, today, our guest is Brian Kluth. And uh, Brian works with the National Association of Evangelicals, of which the Alliance is uh, one of the member denominations denominations, and uh, he oversees a grant that the NAE received from the Lilly Foundation and presses down into member denomination denominations, including ours, that assists pastors financially and assists churches in caring well for their pastors. So I think uh, an interesting topic. I've heard Brian speak in a couple of different contexts, and I really appreciate his heart for this specific area. I think he's new to you, isn't he, Alan? He is new to me, and I'm really looking forward to the conversation. I know that when I began in ministry, finances were tight. Yes, uh, most of us pastors can identify with the uh, saying, we've done so much with so little for so long, we are now qualified to do anything with nothing. (laughs) So, with that in mind, grab yourself my new favorite drink of choice, Kroger Diet Sweet Tea, no lemon. Delicious. Okay. <laughs> Sit back. Relax. Here we go. Hey, Equipping You friends, it's Caitlin here, and I want to tell you about something super special that we have launched here at Equipping You that's just for you, and we think you're really going to love it. If you're an avid Equipping You listener, an Equipping You live attender, or both, you need to join our Facebook group called Equipping You Community. We love that on the podcast and at Equipping You Live, we get to empower you in your ministries. But we believe that for you to really see the true transformation of your leadership that you want, applying what you learn in community is key. So pause this episode right now and head over to facebook.com slash groups slash equipping you community or you can go to equippingyou.com and scroll all the way to the bottom and click on equipping you community we can't wait to see you there 
So we're excited today to welcome Brian Kluth to Equipping You Podcast. Welcome, Brian. Thanks for uh, taking the time to join us today. Yeah, great to be on with you and your listeners, and we really want to encourage them today. So stay tuned. Appreciate it. Yep. Yeah, I love it. Uh, we enjoy getting to know our guests, not just for what they do, but you know some of their background and how they came to know Jesus and some uh, maybe influential leaders or mentors in the early days of your ministry, Brian. Yeah, you bet. So I uh, came to Christ at the age of 21 while a university student at uh, UW-Madison, uh, which is a <laughs> definitely not a Christian place, but uh, <laughs> God reached me in that place. Yeah, uh, I really had a very radical transformation, very, very significant. In my early years, uh, Elmbrook Church, Stuart Briscoe was a huge influence. That yep. was my home church uh, that I, I joined after I became a Christian. And then I was in camp ministry for a lot of years, so a place called Fort Wilderness. And uh, Larry Burkett was a huge influence on my life, Christian financial concepts at the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I really used to be very materialistic. I was a taker. I wasn't a giver. Mm. Uh, I thought money could satisfy, and, mm. and I discovered it couldn't. And so Larry Burkett really helped me. And then, uh, so that was big. And then Tim LaHaye, some of his writings really helped me grow spiritually. So those are a few few people that had an influence in the early years. I will always be indebted to uh, Larry Burkett secondhand, my father-in-law. I grew up in a non-budgeting house, and my father-in-law was a (laughs) dedicated Larry Burkett disciple. And uh, less than a month after we were married, my father-in-law showed up at our house and said, I'm going to set up a budget for you. And I'm like, okay. Well, all right. And it's one of the best decisions we've made. So Larry Burkett, I'm very thankful for him. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah, the ripples continue to go out. They, they do. do. They that's do. great. So uh, tell us about your current ministry and how in the world you got involved there. Wow. You know, it's uh, so I lead a multi-million dollar grant project uh, for National Association of Evangelicals and their member denominations, Christian Missionary Alliance being one of them. And the bullseye I was given was we need to help pastor couples. We need to help them understand how God provides for them, takes care of them. And it's not like an accounting, financial budgeting kind of a messaging. It was really about what is this faith walk? Because most pastors are never going to make enough to meet all their needs. So they have to truly understand biblically uh, and by faith, what does this walk look like? So that was that was bullseye one is to develop content, any pastor, any age, any income, anywhere, and, and that a couple could really go and improve their financial health by grappling with good resources, best practices, biblical teaching. So that was the core. Uh, and then the second thing was really helping church boards. How do you how do you really grow? givers in your congregation? How do you do that spiritually? What is, what's the transformation that needs to take place? And again, these messages aren't out there. These, you know, it's typically about budgeting, investing, and savings, and uh, all of those kinds of things. But this is really a, a faith journey, faith walk messaging. And so with grant monies, we built online content that couples can use at home or individuals, and then content that can be shared in board meetings, committee meetings, uh, you know, uh, video con- content and resources that literally bring transformation to a, a congregation. And we've seen some amazing stories coming out uh, as people have gotten hold of that. And then the last thing is in the CMA context, 
uh, we have grant monies. So pastors can actually qualify for grant monies under our program. And so they they apply and they they complete some kind of training. They, they can help pick the training they want to complete. And then when they do, there's grant monies for them. And they can go to naefinancialhealth.org slash CMA to understand the grant guidelines and requirements. But all the online training is completely free. That's our favorite price in the Alliance is free. <laughs> well, I was a free church pastor, so that's why, there you that's go. why we went free. There you go. So uh, you have been a pastor in a local church. Uh, yes. Brian, you, you uh, know what that's like. So uh, what are some of the financial challenges or obstacles that, that you face there that perhaps help to prepare you for this current role? Well, my my favorite story was I'm a pastor, I don't know, six months, and I do need to back up. God called me to be a pastor when I was 45. I had been a national leader, uh, headed up the Christian Stewardship Association. Uh, and anyway, called me at 45 to be a pastor. And I was wondering, well, what kind of pastor would I want to be? And so I told my wife, I said, well, I love CMA and I love the free church and I love Converge. So I said, I could do any one of those. And uh, But the free church is the one that actually offered me a position. If CMA would have offered, I would have yeah. been a CMA pastor. <laughs> our loss, our loss. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, the um, so I'm there a few months, and I'm talking to the treasurer, and I was going to spend $100 on something. He said, oh, you, you better not do that. I, I said, well, why, why shouldn't I spend $100? Well, we're not meeting the budget. I said, oh, okay. Uh, well, when do we meet the budget? And he said, uh, I, I don't know. I We haven't met it while I've been the treasurer. <laughs> and I said, well, so when can I spend money? And he goes, well, I guess you could spend $100. And I said, this is crazy. I said, why don't we meet the budget? He said, well, we're trying to teach people to give to the budget, but it doesn't seem to be working. You know, and I said, okay, this is, right. I said, let me, let me, let's take a different approach here while I'm pastor. Let's teach people to give because of the Bible, not the budget. Yeah. So I'll teach people biblically what generosity looks like, how to live that out. And we'll lower our budget to match what we actually get in. So our, so myself and others can spend our budget. Uh, and, uh, and then the next 10 years, when we took that approach, every year we sort of, you know, sort of met and surpassed our budget. We had a guy, we had a God as you provide as, as God provides list. We knocked off, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 of those things, including some major renovations. So we just saw God do some extraordinary things in those 10 years as I taught people to live a generous life. And then we kind of lived in the overflow of that teaching. And really, uh, and it's not a prosperity gospel message. Now that's, I'm not a name it, claim it, blab it, grab it guy. I don't believe that. <laughs> but I do believe transformational biblical generosity needs to be taught and imparted to Christians because most Christians have no clue on where generosity fits. Uh, seven out of 10 Christians in America right now give less than $50 a year. Wow. Wow. But let me give you that statistic again. Seven out of 10 Christians, church-going Christians in America, according to Barna, give less than $50 a year, 70%. Wow. So, so there's a wow. whole lot of discipleship that needs to happen in congregations and we help churches and church boards and pastors know how to do it. What are the best practices that brings the transformation? It's multiple. We have many, many ways and we identified all the best resources to get the job done. So I really created some. I really appreciate using the term uh, generosity there. You know, in my early years of ministry, the 
the focus was on stewardship, which is a wonderful thing, and it's responsible, being responsible for what is really God's and being good managers. Yeah. But I think we miss out on the opportunity to connect it to God's generosity to us in Christ is what motivates us to be generous. And I love the fact that you're talking in generosity terms. Stewardship is a good thing, but I think generosity is a greater thing. So thank you for using yeah. that word. Yeah, you bet. And and I actually used to use I used to head up the Christian Stewardship Association. So yeah. I, I I lived with that word, but it really translated fundraising in the average church context. Oh, that's our fundraising activities. And and mm. no, I'm talking about generosity as a as a biblical life message. Mm -hmm. uh, what what how do you empower and equip and encourage people to live a generous life? Uh, and they're with their living and their giving. Mm -hmm. Love that phrase too. I'll be using that one again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I've got one convert. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll try go. to persuade others. That sounds great. Uh, yeah. Woo. I try to encourage our church planners that in our district all the time to make generosity a real main value of the church just because of God's generosity to us. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, NAE, you know, is such a blessing to the church, the research and everything that comes from there. They're trying to get behind the scenes and courage. So tell us about your experience and what research reveals in terms of the current state of pastoral compensation. All right. Well, it's, it's not a pretty picture. And uh, sometimes I weep at the, at when I talk about it. So if I kind of break down, I'm not, that's not in my notes cry here, but it happens. I call it suffering in silence for most pastors because they're working 50 to 70 hours a week, most of them. Uh, a lot of their wives are anywhere from 10 to 30 hours a week. You know, for over half of them, there's no uh, benefits, depending on the denomination. There's no retirement. Sometimes no medical care. Sometimes even, even reimbursable expenses, like going out, taking a leader out to lunch and talking to someone, or those aren't reimbursed in any way. It's just really a sad state of affairs. But the average pastor couple, they're like, well, what are we going to do? You know, the church is, quote, doing the best they can. And if, and if we try to talk about it, it's going to feel like we're self-serving or we're greedy or we're not grateful. And so they, they really can't talk about it to their leaders very easily. They can't really mention it in, in the services. That would be awkward. Uh, they can't really go to like classes in town with Dave Ramsey. People be like, what are you doing here? Uh, and so they're really left suffering in silence. Over half of them, uh, or half, half of them make 50,000, well, anywhere from 20 to 50 some thousand. So not a lot of financial resources. 80% uh, are in, in uh, churches of under 200, 55% are churches under 100, under 100. And the average church budget in America is $125,000. So $125,000 doesn't go very far when you're paying the pastor and taking care of the building and giving to missions and doing some programs, you know, it just doesn't cover much. So that's why we created the content I created in a, in a video format. So pastors and, and leaders can use the materials too on a personal level, can really do this privately. I bring into their home through the video, the very, very best practices the leading Christian experts on all kinds of topics for personal financial health and generosity for churches. And I bring it right into their home or right into their committee meeting. You don't have to get in a car and travel to an event. I've done events and it's hard to get people to show up at events. So that's why we put it online 24 seven, 365. 
So that's 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 some of the story. And uh, and and COVID has just made things worse. Um, third of churches are in a giving decline. Uh, have not recovered from uh, the you know over a year of COVID. Uh, and pastors are emitting more financial stress than ever before. Wow. So those those are what the numbers say. Mm. Sobering, uh, a sobering report, sobering. indeed. So, you know, we've already mentioned National Association of Evangelicals received a grant from the Lilly Foundation to address issues related to pastoral compensation and, uh, you know, church finances in general. And uh, the NAE has partnered with its member denominations, including the Alliance, to distribute the resources where they are needed so uh, as you oversee that process, Brian, you've touched on this a little bit already, but expand on it a little. What are some of the initiatives that are being undertaken? Yeah, the most significant one that God is uniquely blessing with exponential growth. Uh, we've seen uh, two years ago, we launched the Bless Your Pastor movement. Uh, it's a very, very simple movement. It's called Easy as One, Two, Three. And what we did is you know, I took a $75,000 pay cut <laughs> to become a pastor when I was 45 with the free church. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't work for free, but I worked for a free church, <laughs> yeah. but it was still a $75,000 pay cut. But, but here's what happened. That church loved me so well and how they cared for me in practical and material ways. Uh, so even though my paycheck wasn't a lot, I had people, you know, you know, shared their vacation home or got a ski tickets or let us use our RV or fixed our car or cleaned our teeth or, you know, <laughs> did repairs at our house. I mean, people loved us so, so well. So I wrote a little flyer, 50, over 50 creative ways to bless your pastor, even how to pray for the pastor. People go, well, I, I pray all the time, Lord, bless the pastor. Well, I'll give you 16 ways to pray for the pastor. So we wrote this little list of 50 ways. So easy as one, two, three. So one is you go to blessyourpastor.org and you get the 50 ways and and the leader the leadership and the staff uh, get that to all the all everybody in the congregation just get everybody the list because 1 Thessalonians 5:14 says we are to show deep appreciation for those who minister among us so the focus there is on sh- is show and Galatians 6:6 6 says we are to share all good things with those who instruct us all right so what do we sh- we need to share uh, and we need to share good things. So every person needs to look in their life, what good things do they have materially and what skills and abilities do they have? And we need to use those to bless and serve our pastors and church staff. So anyway, that's, so it's, that's part one. Part two is we just say, take an appreciation offering, uh, you know, and take that. It can be a, a October Pastor Appreciation Month. At my church, it used to be a Christmas offering. And uh, when I came to my church, they said to me, hey, we take a Christmas offering every year for you. And and I said, well, what about the rest of the staff? And they said, no, just for you. And I said, well, I'm not really comfortable with that. If we're going to take an offering, let's just do it for all the staff. And they would do the, So we changed how we did it. And every year, everybody got anywhere from probably $500 to $1,400. There was some ways that got prorated in our system. But that made Christmas for every single staff family yeah. and allowed them to, you know, travel to see family or buy the Christmas gifts or whatever. Uh, so pastor appreciation offering or Christmas offering or a year end bonus if the board can approve it. So that's number two. So one, two, uh, two steps. Third step is just publicly acknowledge the pastor and staff, uh, do something in front of them. So 
do a little slideshow, you know, pray for them up front, uh, have people write notes, have children draw pictures, but do something publicly to acknowledge their service. Once churches do all three things, the one, two, three, then the church can let us know, newly participating churches, and we'll give the pastor a $100, senior pastor, a $100 Amazon gift card, one per church, uh, just for them doing the program and, and allowing us to also bless the pastor. So far in two years, we've given away a half a million dollars in gift cards wow. to pastors. Nice. Uh, and we want to continue to do that. We have another 400000 and we want to just keep blessing pastors. So churches just need to do the easy as one, two, three. So that's the most significant program. Uh, then just sec- quickly, this other two things. Secondly is the grant programs. And again, naefinancialhealth.org slash CMA. You'll be able to see what the grant pro- programs look like for pastors. Uh, and then our free online training. We have personal financial training for pastor couples, individuals, and then church board leadership training on generosity. Uh, bless your pastor. We have bless your church. How to get legacy bequest, four, five, six figure legacy bequest. We have a 40 day devotional. All those things are available and they're online and they're free. And it's amazing what God allowed us to put. We put what's happened here is we, for six years now, we've been putting good seed in the barn. And now as the needs begin to emerge, people can come and get the good seed. That's great stuff. Uh, you referenced along the way there, you know, training for uh, ministry families and finances. What are some of the main obstacles that keep folks in ministry from thriving financially? Well, I think some is they they made a choice. They're not going to focus on money. I'm just going to serve God. So they've just kind of cast their life. And, and I'm one of those. Okay, I just kind of cast myself on God's my provider. But we don't always know what that looks like. So one of the courses is called God is your provider. <laughs> what does that really look like? And there's 10 ways God provides. Uh, one is a paycheck. One. And then there's nine others. Mm. So if you look at the paycheck, you're you're going to always be frustrated. So I, I think so. There's there's so a number of problems. So they they've trusted God as their provider, but then they don't know where else to turn because most financial stuff out there is all about budgeting and accounting and legal and tax and all this stuff. So they just don't know where to turn. There hasn't been very much to, developed just for pastor couples that really understands their situation, their circumstances. So I was a missionary for 10 years and then a pastor for 10 years and, and then did some other things over the years. Uh, but I really speak in their terms. So I, I think to have someone understand their world uh, can really bring in some messaging that can really, really help them. But again, the average one couple is challenged because they just look at the paychecks and they're like, it's not big enough. But again, they just suffer in silence. And and again, another big thing is they don't know where to turn. So if you look, you know, if you looked at, Go Google search pastor finances. Again, you're going to get taken to budgeting and accounting and insurance courses and stuff like that, which you got to have a bigger message than that. Mm. Uh, money is just one of the ways God provides. And so those are those are some of the challenges uh, that pastors have. Plus, they're busy. You know, if they're working 50 to 70 hours a week, you know, there's not a lot of time to, quote, work on finances. Yeah. So we try to set everything up with a, a uh, with a date, a date night. We have six sessions. You can do a date night or we have a one session program that just gets you the access to the materials. You figure out where you're weak and then we'll get, we'll give you a link. I have a little saying, there's a link for that. You tell me your need. Is it get out of debt? Is it student loans? Is it retirement? Is it getting a house? Is it, you know, whatever it is, you tell me that what your need is and I'll give you five links 
that'll that's what we do in our materials. We'll give you five links that'll meet any need you have. We've identified 33 needs. So we do every couple does an assessment. They identify the three, the four, the five, the six needs they have. And then we give you the links to solve those needs with the best people in America. Great. Good stuff, Brian. So talk to the pastors who are listening. Talk about a couple of must-dos in terms of their financial management and planning. And then how can they appropriately engage in a conversation with their lay leadership team if they need help in certain financial areas? Give some counsel on that. Yeah. Well, one, I think you just have to choose to, and you have to be intentional. If you're going to improve your financial health, your financial situation, or your financial future, you have to do something intentional, right? When we built out the personal finance course, my wife and I said, let's, let's do this course ourselves." I built it for pastors. Let's, we'll do it. We'll, we'll do the course. Uh, by being intentional, we sat down as a couple went through the assessments, went through some of the materials. Uh, some Several things happened. We lowered our medical premiums and expenses by $15,000 by using some of the materials we found that we put in the course. We changed our car insurance and we saved $4,000. We uh, decided to set up an automatic savings plan, which we've now had in place for four or five years that has fueled all kinds of things. We set five-year financial goals for us as a couple, and I think we've met all of them at this point. There's all you know, We decided on projects we wanted to do. So the biggest thing you have to do is be intentional, and then you've got to go get resources that help you be intentional. So that's the most important, important thing you can do. For leaders, I would say pass along things we've created. Uh, and, and so, for example, the bless your pastor. Uh, you could say, hey, our denomination is part of this. Pass it along to a trusted leader and say, can you take a look at this and see if, if we might want to do this at our church? So just kind of hand it off softly, quietly to just someone that you can truly trust and, and, and share it with. Another thing is uh, we try to do our messaging on caring for pastors and staff. So the other thing you can do is you, like I wrote an article on the seven ways boards, best ways boards need to care for pastors and staff, you can, again, pass that on to a board member or board leaders and say, hey, go ahead and take a look at this. Uh, by the time people see this or hear this, we'll also have a video version of that, probably a five, six-minute video version. You can just pass that along to your leaders, say, hey, we should think about this. And it's just things like use salary research to, to set salaries, respect people's time off, make sure they have time off. Make sure that they have employee benefits. Make sure there's proper expense reimbursement. Make sure the housing allowance is set up properly. Those are the kinds of things I'm referring to. So you want to pass along to leaders best practices, uh, research and best practices. Those are the things they can get their head around. I always like leaders like numbers. So you, you, when you work with leaders, you lead with numbers. So give them some numbers. <laughs> and let them know kind of what's going on and then let them process it. So hopefully those are some helpful thoughts. Yeah, I love that, Brian. And I certainly think in our Alliance context, I would say to our pastors, have a conversation with your district superintendent. And uh, he might be able to um, be an advocate for you and uh, help your leadership team see some, some of the things that Brian is talking about here and uh, pass along 
uh, some of those resources so that. Yeah, I want to just jump in on that. So hopefully what happens is the DS will, in the future, more and more will have those readily available, even having them on their, you know, their website or the national website, because we want to be able to have DSs be able to point people say, well, if you're struggling, here's here's this course or here's this handout or here's this article or here's this video. So we really want to empower DSs to really have those things readily available. Uh, you know, and I'm going to be going around the country to meet with DSs so that they have that material and can freely share it. I appreciate this as I'm listening to you. I know that when there's when you get a start to get a multiple staff church, it becomes easier to talk about finances because the pastor doesn't have to think he's just talking about himself. Mm-hmm. But as you have alluded to earlier, so many churches just have solo pastors, and then you feel like it's a self-serving conversation. And you mentioned them having an advocate. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, handing the resources is great. I love that, and I think those. I'm looking forward to looking at those resources myself to pass them <laughs> along. It sounds fantastic. I'm wondering if you could give. And uh, this isn't one of the things we intended to ask you originally, but if you could give some maybe some help for maybe helping them identify who could be an advocate for them. Well, it's usually going to be someone on, depending on the structure, uh, you know, the leadership board, the elder team. I I think if you're really in a tough spot, uh, I think one of the things you could do, and again, leaders work with numbers. All right, just always keep that in mind. Leader, you know, when you want to influence leaders, lead with numbers. So on an individual basis, you could go to one guy. Let's just say a pastor, a couple struggling. One of the things to do is to just put down the numbers. Say, literally, like your 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 father, <laughs> you know, sat down and wrote a budget for you. Literally, have them do that. So have them write out their budget. This is how much they're spending in every category. This is how much they get in. This is how much they're spending in every category. Uh, and then this is, and if they're not getting reimbursed by the church for ministry expenses. This is what their software is costing them, their book budget, taking people out for meals, having people in their home. But write those numbers and share that with one leader. Say, hey, I'm, we're kind of struggling. Here's what's going on. And I want to see if you might have any thoughts or any help uh, for us. So that's that's one thing is share the, share the numbers with a trusted leader. Uh, quick side story on this, on how important this is. So there was... Um, so in these, these in this national program we're doing uh, and other denominations are doing, there was a pastor who applied for a student loan assistance. So he applied for the money, but the application uh, said, uh, you know, you have to have a lay leader, you know, co-sign or not co-sign, the wrong word. You have to have a lay leaders also sign off on the application that you're requesting grant money for student loan pay, pay down. So the guy said, no, I don't want to do that. I want to keep it quiet. I don't, I don't want to do that. Just, just give me the money. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to anybody about it. And they said, no, no, you need to, you know, you need to do that. So he went to the pastor or to a leader and said, Hey, here's this form and the denomination is going to give me money if I do a little training and I can pay off some student loans. And the leader says, you've got student loans. And the guy says, Oh yeah. Well, how, how much in student loans? And the guy says, well, 25,000. And uh, the guy, the guy goes, well, how much do you pay on that every month? And the guy you know, said the number and the leader said, well, you can't afford that on what we pay you. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And the leader said, why didn't you tell us Wow. when we called you that you had student loans? And the guy said, you never asked me. Yeah. And he said, I didn't want to say it because I, I was, too, you know, it's, it's, it's awkward. Yeah. 
and the guy says, well, we got to fix this. Wow. Right. The one guy said, we've got to fix this. So they did a pastor appreciation offering. All right. It's a really cool story. And they paid off all the student loans. Praise wow. God. That's beautiful. God. Yeah. And in, in one offering. Wow. Because he communicated with one leader, the reality of the numbers. And that led to, that led to movement because they did love him and they did care for him. But when, when they don't, when leaders don't, when a leader or leaders don't know the reality, they can't fix it. Yeah. I, I would say as a leader, information's my friend. You give me information, I can do something with it. You don't give me information. I failed mind reading. So you've got, as a, you've got to empower your leaders uh, yeah. with real information and usually with numbers. Yeah, yeah very helpful. That's, that's really encouraging. Thank you, Brian. It is. Love that story. So again, it, folks. It may happen. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be cool if it happened a thousand more oh, times? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't it be amazing to have pastors across America where their congregation steps up? And because a lot of those congregations, they have people with surplus. They have those that are stable, those that are struggling, but they have those with surplus. And I believe most, most student loans of pastors can be wiped out with one offering uh, or heavily white, you know, big dent with yep. one offering from the, from the congregation that loves that pastor well. Love it. So again, that uh, website address, naefinancialhealth.org slash CMA. You can get yep. to the same thing if you go into uh, the Alliance website, cmalliance.org, click on resources, scroll down. And uh, you'll see that same link uh, to get you there. And in that, when you get there, you'll find out that you may be eligible for a grant of up to $2,000 for, one, medical bill assistance, uh, number two, life insurance to protect your loved ones, and three, retirement, uh, retirement savings jumpstart grant of $2,000 for pastors. Thanks 50, for sharing those specifics. Yeah. That's great. 50 years of, of age and over. So, uh, and there's some criteria. You'll see the criteria there. Some of that will get you into personal finance course. Uh, some of that will, will engage your local church in ways that will be helpful to you and to the church pastor. If you're a lay leader, go look at this stuff too and, uh, see how you can help, uh, your pastor and, uh, and family. So Brian, this is a great resource. I love your passion for it. Thanks for uh, sharing your heart today uh, with the listeners of Equipping You podcast. Yeah. And we also, they can also go to blessyourpastor.org, especially leaders, uh, go do that. And uh, we'd love to have you participate in that program. And we'd love to send your pastor a gift card. So we got a lot of money to give away. We want to make sure your pastor gets blessed with that. And he's blessed by uh, everybody that participates. So, but thank you. Thank you guys for the privilege of being on with you and love the CMA and, uh, you know, always glad to serve them in any way I can. Thank you, Brian. So thank free you. resources and free money equipping you podcast listeners. Who said there was no value in listening to this podcast? <laughs> no one said that ever, Terry. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. God bless you, Brian. Appreciate you. Hey, thanks. God bless. Well, Alan. Uh, Brian has a great heart for mm, this kind of sure stuff. Sure does. Sure does. Uh, and, and a great mind. You know, I think it's like, uh, you know, the way he thinks and the perspectives that the Lord has given him uh, from his own background and experiences are very, very helpful to uh, pastors and churches in this whole kind of sensitive area of uh, finances. Yeah, I was super encouraged. Uh, again, his heart as well was with you, Ned. And I know that. 
I'm looking forward to sharing some of the resources that he talked about. Yeah, I think they're underknown and underutilized in our True. alliance circles. So I hope this helps. Uh, this podcast uh, interview helps to promote uh, some of these things. Uh, if there's ever an episode when you wanted to sh- wanted to share it with a pastor friend or your lay leadership team, this might be the one, listeners. So uh, get them to listen to this, and I think it'll be uh, helpful to all of us as we uh, utilize the resources and plow into uh, uh, some of these principles that uh, the resources include. I love our listeners, Alan, don't you? I do. I'm so thankful for them and the interaction with them. It's been good. It has been. always enjoy hearing that uh, folks are listening and, and uh, are encouraged and helped by the podcast. So uh, next time, we're going to be talking to Carl Vaders on uh, Season 6, Episode 7. He is a smaller church uh, guru. Small doesn't mean unhealthy and unfruitful at all. So you'll want to tune in next time to listen to uh, Carl Vaders, who is a repeat offender. He's been on our (laughs) podcast uh, before, but we kind of talked about COVID stuff, and we want to talk about this topic in a more general and broad way this time. So join us next time on Equipping You Podcast. Until then, keep the faith. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Equipping You Podcast. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing and rating our channel. We hope you will join us for our next episode. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org.